Thank you very much for inviting me here. Uh, I'm, I'm a different bird. Uh, I uh, am the president of the Equine Welfare Alliance, and uh, we are an organization that's an umbrella organization. We work with, with other groups, and our specialty is data and information. Uh, we believe you can't make informed decisions unless you have real data. And if someone says 96,000 horses were slaughtered last year, I'll tell you where they get that number from our website. We're the ones that go out to the government websites. We, we uh, probe around, get the numbers, put them in spreadsheets. And uh, as such, I'm, I'm going to have to throw a little bit of a, of a damp uh, rag on some of the uh, possibilities for aftercare, but aftercare is what I want to address. Um, we have, have tracked the number of horses slaughtered. We have tracked where they were from. Uh, we've done investigations of the investigators. For example, in 2011, the GAO put out a report stating that, uh, that basically uh, things had gone downhill for horse welfare since the plants closed in 2007. We checked that report and we proved that it was in fact a fraud. They had misused dates and it was completely fraudulent. Now why heads didn't roll over that, I don't know, but apparently if you're you know, asked by a powerful enough person to come up with a certain result, you do. Uh, it wasn't true at all. Uh, the data from, that they were using from Montana uh, was, was just the opposite. It showed that uh, equine welfare had actually improved. But uh, having said that, why is, you know, why is it important to us uh, that we care so much about horses? Not just because they're pretty or because they're like big dogs, but our society owes everything to horses. None of this would be here. We wouldn't be in, in, in the new world if it hadn't been for horses. We, we got to power on the back of a horse. And we, you know, we got out of subsistence farming. We'd still be in subsistence farming if it wasn't for horses. We made a pact with them, and uh, we haven't really kept it very well now that we don't need them. Uh, that pact started 3,500 years ago when the uh, Bowtie people first domesticated horses. And it ended in 1945. Uh, as many of you know, tomorrow's D-Day. What does that have to do with it? Well, that was pretty much the end. The, uh, a recent book by a man named Eckert speaks of, of the German experience of, of that. And the biggest question the German soldiers had of the Americans when they were captured after D-Day was, where are your horses? The German army still depended, despite the Blitzkrieg and the Panzers, it still depended almost entirely for transport on horses. And their artillery was completely pulled by horses, with the exception of just a few um, uh, units. So after that, and the demise of the German army at the Falaise pocket two months later, there were thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of horses probably killed at that slaughter. And it marked the end of when we really depended on horses for the military or for anything else. Uh, however, you know, we still have that debt of getting where we are uh, on their backs. Now, uh, how does this deal with, with racing? In, in 2005, we got a FOIA result back that showed uh, each horse going to slaughter uh, at the slaughter plants. Back then, they were slaughtered in the U.S and what their breed was and markings, things like that. We went through that data and determined that about 18% of horses were, were, were racehorses, thoroughbred racehorses. 
mostly from their t lip tattoos, which of course are very easy to identify. Uh, since that time, the, the, the slaughter has continued. Uh, we did kill about 96,000 last year, but it's been, they have been exported to Mexico and Canada. And uh, as such, we do not any longer get any data uh, on breeds. So we can only estimate whether they're still that number. But we do track everything we can about the slaughter industry. And I can tell you, it's a horror. It's an absolute horror. The, uh, the trucks, the people, the, they're all, it's all criminal. Nobody cares about the animals at all. Uh, the, you know, it's just money making. So hiding in the back wings of racing is slaughter because they breed 20,000 horses a year. Now, if you look at that number of 20,000 horses, they can live to 25 to 30 years. Do some back of the envelope numbers and you will find that every year you're creating 500,000 uh, horse years of care that you're going to have to give if you're going to see that horse through its natural life. Half a million horse years of care. Now, multiply that number by about $2,000, which is about the lowest I've ever heard anybody say they could feed a horse for. $2,000 a year, and you've got a billion dollars. So each year, this industry creates a need for a billion dollars worth of aftercare. So when they tell you, oh, we gave $100,000 to a rescue, uh, you might want to realize that that is nothing. It's not, it doesn't even begin to address the problem. Can we address the problem? It's going to be tough. And it's going to take realizing how big the problem really is. Uh, a whole lot of things could be done. Racing later, as, as Senator Martinez was asking, that's yes. If you race later, then the breeders are caring for the horses longer. And they have less life on the, on the uh, after end of their career to, uh, for someone else to pay for. But uh, I could give you any number of great examples of why they're still going to slaughter even though the track has banned it. Uh, one, just one example, you, you, can, uh, you can Google this, but there was a gal named Fallon, ran a horse rescue in Alabama. And she would take in those race horses, she would take in a lot of horses uh, that people couldn't care for anymore, and all of them were sent right to slaughter. We actually tracked her, we are the ones working with a paralegal out of Georgia who got her charged, and she's now uh, up on charges. She's going to trial soon. Uh, it's just one example. It's a very sleazy industry. Everything about it's sleazy, and you will not keep these horses safe from them uh, with, with anything short of tracing them for their lives. You know, you would have to actually trace them for their entire lives. Uh, having said that, you know, I, I hope we can improve the situation. Thank you, Mr. Holland. <laughs> Senator Jordan for a question. Uh, I missed some of the testimony in this panel, but uh, for John Holland, yes, you know, you spoke of the slaughter of horses, and so I'm asking you exactly who are you blaming for that? What is your ultimate goal? And uh, what, what do you want to see? Yeah, uh, and how would you go about whatever your goal is? In around 2000, there was a, a man on every racetrack in the country on the shed row that everybody knew, and you called him when your horse lost and you had had it with the horse. And he came over and he put your horse in a trailer and it disappeared. Uh, everybody knew he was a slaughter kill, kill buyer, we call him. 
Now they've run those people off for the most part. They're not there. It doesn't matter. The horses still end up in slaughter because there's nowhere else for them to go. I mean, yes, we can retrain them. Yes, we can put them in sanctuaries. But you're, you know, I, I think when Dr. Palmer said his biggest problem was that they wanted to get back up to 50,000 horses a year, I almost fell out of my chair because 20,000 horses is more than we can even begin to handle. Uh, so they're going to go to slaughter, and the industry is there waiting for them. And nice people like, like this, lady, this vet student in Alabama will be there to bring them. Now it's hidden, and it's much harder to find. That's why we have investigators that actually follow truckloads. Uh, you were talking about that accident. There were, there were two accidents in Tennessee where the truck, trucks broke in half on the highway, and horses spilled out onto the highway. Why? Because the trucks were condemned. They should have never been on the highway in the first place. That was a, an outfit called Three Angels Farm. So the DOT pulled their license. You can't transport anymore. So Three Angels Farm went over to their neighbor, which was some other name of farm, and used their DOT number until they spilled another load. So, you know, what I'm saying is you, you, you can't, I, I'm afraid I can't quantify, you know, how they will end up in slaughter, but I can tell you they will. Right. So... You're suggesting for what to happen? For well, first of all, we... 20,000 horses? Or yeah, I, I'm not sure... If they could come suggesting. up with a billion dollars a year, that would go a long way. But they can't. So it's an intract... It can't be cured with our present racing structure. You can't just put a Band-Aid on and give a little money here and there to rescues. You can do PR that way, but you can't cure the problem. Uh, I would like to see... Uh, a beginning, and one big part of it would be to simply close the export of, of horses to slaughter. We've been trying to do that for 15 years. I've been working on it. So uh, that, that, they, that the industry has to face the fact they have these horses and they can't sweep them to slaughter. Uh, that's 100,000 horses a year. We would begin to find incremental solutions to that. Retraining is part of it, you know, uh, cutting down on breeding. I, I personally think that the breeders should have to pay a huge fee to bring to register a racehorse, to ever have a career. I, it shouldn't be 50 bucks or whatever it is now. It should be $5,000. And that would mean that they would be a little more careful about, you know, uh, uh, the numbers they bred. It, it ha we have to put the responsibility back on the people causing the problem. Is, is, is that a decent answer? Because uh, I could give you a lot of incidental pieces of it. I understand the incidental pieces that you're talking about and what's happening with slaughter, and I'm very familiar with the bill that's been out there for many years. <laughs> My predecessor carried that bill for quite some time, and I, I worked for it with it. Um, you know, when you suggest not breeding so many horses, that is a big part of our economy also in New York State. Yes. The horse industry is second to only dairy in New York State. Um, there's, Intractable. Know, provides right? over 42,000 jobs alone <laughs> in the state and great economic impact. So I don't know that <coughs> yeah, what you're saying we, is, can, is we the, can interfere with all of that to stop slaughter. When horses and money meet, horses lose. I say, when horses and money meet, horses lose. It's just been the way for a long, long time. And I'd love to see it change, but I'm not sure it can be changed. At the same time, you know, we have to make some improvements. And we lose, 
my wife the and I have. The horse industry and all the families that rely on the jobs. I know. They so I'm just wondering what, I understand slaughter is a problem. But well, there, there's a whole lot of things in racing that could be done to help it. For instance, the whole idea of we want the hottest, fastest thing. We only want a Maserati for the next race. And when it's a year old, we throw the Maserati away and we get next year's Maserati, right? You could have racing for older horses, handicapped racing. You could keep the horses running a lot longer. Uh, but the idea of breeding so many of them is just, it's just not going to, to fit with any solution for their aftercare. I just don't, I can't think of a solution. Now, if we can cut down the breeding, we can keep them on the track longer so that they're, you know, earning their, their living in the racing industry. I mean, once they're out of the, the racing industry, they're no value to anybody. I have a thoroughbred. My, my wife and I run a small sanctuary, and I love our thoroughbred to death. She's the sweetest thing in the world. But, uh, you know, I, you, you don't have that many people who will take them. And you're creating this huge liability every year, a billion dollars a year in aftercare we're creating. And, and, and Dr. Palmer would like that to be two and a half times greater. I, I mean, I appreciate a lot of things you've done, but that would not be something I would look, look at positively. And of course, you know, people making money say, oh, that's much more money for the industry. And now we can beat the dairy people out. <laughs> I, wish I, could, I wish I could give you a, a, a rosier picture. Uh, you know, but I believe in numbers. Some people call us, EWA, the, uh, the geeks and the sneaks, because we, uh, we get the numbers and, we, and people can't argue with the numbers. And, and we do the sneaking around to find out what's really going on, you know. We have people at the auctions, people on the road, to the limited budget we have. We probably cause more trouble for the slaughter industry than all of the major organizations put together. We, we report trucks that are, that are out of date. Yeah. What happens when you send a, a, a truck down the interstate and it breaks in half in the middle of the interstate at 70 miles an hour? You know, that's not just a, a, an animal thing, that's a people thing. I think there has to be another solution besides decreasing the population. It's reminding me of Scrooge saying, you know, we, decrease, we need to decrease the population. Yes. I mean, if we don't say that about people, I don't know that we can say that necessarily about horses either. I know that there's only 37 rescues and sanctuaries in New York State, and I think, you know, we, we Yours is probably the biggest one, isn't it? Or well, one we're one of them. We have 82 horses, of which 25% are thoroughbreds and standardbreds, but I absolutely believe from the bottom of my heart that we have to get rid of horse slaughter, because that would stop indiscriminate breeding. Right now, there's no incentive to do that, because any time of the day or night, people can send their horses to slaughter and not have to take the responsibility of, say, finding a home or looking for a sanctuary or putting the horse down humanely. Humane euthanasia is not expensive, but when you send a horse to slaughter, you're getting $300 instead of spending $300. And I think if we got rid of the option of slaughter, you would see a lot more discriminate breeding, and I think that would help greatly. Yeah, and, and EWA is not opposed to euthanasia. We, we don't like the idea, and it would be a, a, a public relations disaster for the racing industry to say, all right, all the losers over here on the right, <laughs> you're gone. Uh, but it would be facing what really happens, and it wouldn't put them through a long trip to the slaughter plants. You know, in one of the Mexican slaughter plant types, the regional types, 
they, they kill the horses by the punta method. You know what that is? It's a, an expert with a knife who jabs a knife into their spine and paralyzes and makes them a quadriplegic but still thinking and breathing and alive while they slaughter them because they believe that the terror causes a, a, a tastier meat, the adrenaline. That's how bad it is in Mexico. So, yes, I'll take euthanasia. Thank you. Yeah, well, this is why Jay Hovde of the Racing Daily Racing Forum is urging the racing industry to strongly back federal legislation to ban horse slaughter because the it's a public relations nightmare. I, under, I understand, you know, we don't want horse slaughter. I'm just saying that I don't think we can decrease the thoroughbred population and disrupt the economy here to, you know, lowering the population well, of horses. Which all I wanted to so do is make sure people understood that, that these cosmetic aftercare things are uh, are just cosmetic. They're, they may help PR, but they don't really solve the problem. Sure, option. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Jordan. Senator Martinez. Thank you. Thank you. I just have two questions, one for Mr. Holland and one for Ms. Wagner. I'll start with you, Ms. Wagner. First of all, thank you for your advocacy on, on the horses and what you do at your sanctuary. Who regulates your sanctuary? Well, we are accredited by the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries and by the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance. It's a very strict process and we get checked regularly every year to make sure that we are living up to the standards set forth by these organizations. And New York State has no documentation of those inspections that they do at your sanctuary? Is anything ever reported to the state of New York on how you are running your sanctuary? I would imagine that these organizations, if asked, would provide that information. Because if you are in the state of New York, I would think that one of our departments would have access to those documents already, right? I mean, Pardon me? I would, I'm, I'm assuming that being that you're in the state of New York, that sh we should have that documentation given to whether it's going to be the Ag and Markets Department, Department of Health, something I would think that New York State should also have those documentations of those inspections that take place in the sanctuary. I understand that you, you're, you're accredited, but you're still functioning in the state of New York. Yes, and we are happy to provide any information you would want. Okay. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong. I'm just saying that, you know, it would be trans we always talk about transparency, right? Yes. And, and, that's, and this is across the board, not just those who are racing the horses, but those who are also taking care of our horses afterwards, right? I think Absolutely. it goes both ways. Um, so thank you for that. And, um, and for Mr. Wag, no, for Mr. Holland, you had said in your testimony that there, that last year there was 96,000 horses plus. Do you know how many came from New York State? Uh, no, they don't divide them down. Uh, so the only way to, to get any individualized data is to actually follow the trucks. Uh, you can, you know, and also, with like racing, the horses are going to bounce out of New York to other places before they end up in the slaughter pipeline a lot of times. But the one downside to closing the U.S. slaughter plants, and I hate to say it, that there's a downside to it because I was so glad to get them closed. But the one downside was we lost all information. And one of the things that slaughter apologists will tell you is, well, the USDA tracks, the, you know, in America, we, we take care of this, and it's not, it's, it's, it may be terrible in Mexico, bring them back. Well, the USDA has eliminated its one inspector that was the one hope of a horse going to slaughter in Mexico. They just reassigned him. 
Horses go through that border now with no check at all. And they carry health certificates, and you'll love this, by, signed by veterinarians who have never been within hundreds of miles of the horse. We have, again, this is us, you know, sneaking and, and geeking. We, we have found the endless violations where people, uh, they, they put in something called an equine identification document uh, uh, in 2008. And this was supposed to track the horse at, from the auction. And the, 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 uh, this was in response to drugs. And the seller of the horse had to fill out what the markings were, what the sex was, and so forth, and what, and what the breed was. And that had to go to slaughter with the horse. Well, we found that the, the sellers, we actually photographed these papers at, uh, at the New Holland auction. And the sellers were simply signing all these papers and putting them on the desk. They didn't even have the breed or the sex or anything. And then the kill buyer, and the, you know, on his way down, would, would fill out these forms uh, with whatever he thought that the horse was. And that was the only information you had anymore. So it's, the, the information available to us has really shrunk in the last 10 years, perhaps because we abused it by telling people about it. Thank you, uh, Senator Martinez. Dr. Freelander, Mr. Holland, Ms. Wagner, I appreciate the work that you do individually, and like I mentioned to the previous panel, information back and forth to us as we go forward on this issue is most helpful. 